0: Howdy. This is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Monday, March 13th of the year 2023, I wish you the happiest of National Earmuff days. However, I hope you won't be celebrating during this podcast. Any other time is fair game and appropriate. Today, I'll let you know. We've got some announcements coming at the end of the show for how we're going to handle the offseason because yes the ohio state university men's basketball team team 124 their season is officially over on today's show we'll recap ohio state's final game of the year a loss to purdue in the big 10 tournament semifinals we'll also talk about what the future like look like for ohio state some takeaways from the Purdue game, certainly, and then short term future for Ohio State, as well as short term future for this podcast. We've gotten a fair amount of new followers on the Twitter machine at the shot pod. If you aren't following us there already, please do. If you don't mind, can you please just hit subscribe or follow, unlock the phone, hit your passcode? Shouldn't take more than 10 seconds. And by the time you're done with that, You will then get additional podcasts from the Views from the Shop pod all spring, summer, and fall long as we look to the offseason. And you will continually get content on the Ohio State University men's basketball team. One of the only, maybe the only, Ohio State basketball exclusive content that runs year-round with regularly scheduled programming. Okay. I won't beg, but I, I I do have to beg sometimes. I'm not, not too big of a man to beg for new subscribers at this point. Moving on, let's talk about the game against Purdue, which happened, of course, on Saturday. The Buckeyes on fire winning against Wisconsin, winning against Iowa, winning against Michigan State. The Buckeyes would need another win plus another one after that to make the NCAA tournament against purdue they were unable to get it done they lose to purdue 80 to 66 using the same lineup as they did the day before with bruce thornton roddy gale sean mcneil justice Ewing, and felix akpara of course again no price sends them all in this one declared out for the year the day the game was played now you may be wondering why are we reviewing a game on s- monday morning when it took place on saturday And well, the reason for that is I could have put two shows together back to back, where we would not only review the Purdue game but also talk about the end of the season. Didn't feel like I could put enough content onto both of those episodes, and I had just released, I believe, four episodes in five days. Guys, got to get a rest at some point, right? So if it's not the most timely, you can sue me, and that's fine. That wouldn't be the appropriate response but hey you got to do what you got to do so we're going to talk about this purdue game of course same starting lineup roddy gale scoring 20 points just as suing following up with 15 points in his final game as an ohio state buckeye zach edie 32 points 14 rebounds it's his 25th double double of the season let's get into the story of this game and how these players got these points and otherwise, first shot of the game. You're an excited Ohio State fan. You say, hmm, what's Ohio State going to do here? What are they going to cook up here? First possession of the game against the top-seeded Purdue, who ended up getting a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. You've got Bruce Thornton. Are they going to try a little pick and roll for him? Maybe get him a three on the wing or or get him into the paint. Maybe Roddy Gale, you get him slashing. Maybe you open up a set for Sean McNeil to get a three. Maybe you isolate Justice Suing off of a pick and roll or or pin him down in the post and and feed him the ball well if you had on your bingo card first shot of the game is 15 seconds into a set felix akpara setting a pick popping and then air mailing a three you would have been the only one. First shot of the game i hate it i assume you hated it too not a huge deal to the end of the game felix akpara for some reason, pick and pop, he's got an opening. And with plenty of time on the shot clock still left, Akpara says, well, I mean, no one's around me. Rim's down there somewhere. Let me shoot a three and, and, and get the Buckeyes on the board and give us some momentum. Well, he would not come close. That would be a quick miss. And Purdue all of a sudden goes up 10-2 to pretty quickly after that. But just as suing, he got off to a really nice start for Ohio State. I tell you what. I'm going to miss Justice Suing. I know most fans, I mean, the the Buckeye fan base in general, if if you can't admit that it's a problem, then you're probably part of the problem. This fan base is, is crazy. But I, for one, I'm going to miss Justice Suing in Ohio State uniform, a true Buckeye transferring over from Cal. He had a nice career here at Ohio State. Suing played well in this one. And after his three, he draws it within... Two points, 10-8 to eight early on. The The Boilermakers, they were hitting twos for the most part in this first half. But early on, they hit two threes. Can't afford that. In my opinion, you let Zach Eady do what he does. Let him hit twos. You expect that to happen. Can't give up a bunch of threes. On the other side, Ohio State can't afford to have ugly sets early on. But as you get into this game, into the first five minutes, you see A pretty close game. Buckeyes coming out playing competitively. And a a concerted effort on the offensive end. Felix Akpara received three lobs early on in the first five minutes. Two of those converted to a dunk. Another one just kind of thrown up and and away. And we saw a lot of offense early. Ohio State started four of five from three. Thanks in large part to Roddy Gale. Purdue started three of three from behind the three-point line. Roddy Gale would hit his... Third triple of the game on another assist from Isaac Likely, making the score 19-19. And this is what we saw a lot early on. Isaac Likely backing down the post. He received a double the first time this happened. Kicked it out for a three. Made it the second time. He welcomed the double. He said, please, come, trap me. I dare you. And then he continues crab dribbling about to the three-point line in the corner. And then zips the ball on a skip pass to the weak side of the floor, finding Roddy Gale, and he hits another three. So, Ohio State able to hit some threes early on. Purdue making a concerted effort to make twos, essentially. By the way, early on in this one, Ohio State took two charges. That's huge against a team like Purdue because not only are you taking away possessions from Purdue, but you're also giving yourself possessions. So, it's really, it's a net gain of two because it's, it's minus one, possessions for purdue plus one for your own that's a gain of two essentially so we also saw a, a concerted effort by ohio state essentially to let zach edie score a lot of people didn't like this i really did not mind it at all here's why zach edie if he's gonna score two all day long down the paint if he's gonna go put up 32 points yeah that's a little much but you think about it and you you watch this game That's fine. Let Purdue go make twos. You go out on your end and you hit threes and you try to force some turnovers. You understand Zach Eady? I'm sorry. Maybe the worst player of the year in my lifetime. Look at Zach Eady. He's going out there against freaking 6'6 Eugene Brown and can barely score on him. He's not a skilled postman at all. Not a smooth operator down there in the low post any kind of friction thrown at him there's going to be an opportunity for him to miss and he was not efficient in this game regardless he scored 32 and 14 and that hurt anyways heading into this first half Ohio State goes on a 16 to 2 run Eugene Brown he flies to the rim for a two-handed dunk as a part of that run that young man does not jump when he shoots but he showed the the quick quick twitch muscle fibers there in order to get up and slam it. Roddy Gale hits another three. Buckeyes go up 26-19 with 10 minutes left. And you're like, oh my goodness, this, this Buckeye team might have a shot. Will this run continue? You're feeling confident. At that point, Purdue is shooting eight of 12 from the field still, and you're up by seven? Looked good. Well, that was in part due to Zach Eady not being in. Edie would be subbed in at a 26 to 21 mark. And the Buckeyes end up missing three field goals in a row. Doesn't matter because Purdue doesn't score. And then the drought stops with the Justice suing three to go up 29 to 21. Purdue responds, but again, they only make it two. So at that point, again, you're feeling pretty solid about how how Ohio State looks at that point. But then Felix Akpara. Like his second foul comes with six and a half minutes left in the first half, and this is where things start to go downhill for Ohio State. This is where you also really start to feel Brandon Newman and Ethan Morton make themselves known defensively. If I could, maybe I should at some point. If you'd like to to see this, DM me or or just just tweet at me when I when I tweet out this episode. If I could put together a first team all annoying or all a nuisance or all irritating team in the big 10 i would put ethan morton squarely on that list unanimous selection he may not be the player of the year in that category that may go to hunter dickinson or or someone else but ethan morton man i watched that guy play and he's just that guy if you played intramural basketball in college or you go play pickup ball anywhere you know that guy who just like takes it way too seriously and just puts his hand in your face all the time and constantly. I mean, picking you up at the half court line. You can't even run over to the wing or down to the, the to the block if, if you're a postman. that that's Ethan Morton on a division one college level, putting his hand up in people's faces, just the look of intensity on his eyes. It bothered me. It bothered me a lot. Good riddance to Ethan Morton, who actually I believe is a junior, so he'll he'll probably be back for Purdue next season. But boy, that was annoying to watch. Anyway, he makes his presence known for Purdue. Ohio State's lead dwindles down to thirty-one to twenty-seven. Eugene Brown with a flagrant foul. He he pulls down Zach Eady on a play that was just weird. Both players fall down. Pretty unnecessary for eugene brown and what does that do for purdue well not only does it give him the ball gives him two free throws before that both of them made by zach edie and after those free throws purdue gets another bucket and with under four minutes left to go we've got a tie ball game and this is a point where it's got check time for ohio state they've got to slow down this momentum that purdue has got and try to get to halftime limp into halftime after having I believe their largest lead was nine points seven eight nine points for ohio state i could have gone back and looked but again no unpaid intern so not gonna do it anyways zach Eady, he hits another layup purdue is up 31 to 31 it ends up being a six point possession for purdue fans starting to get into it roddy Gale answers with another three he's five of five from deep at that point ice likely gets the ball in the next possession, runs straight into a Purdue defender, and Purdue draws a charge. I hate that. I, I I, personally, regardless of who has the ball or, or what your rooting interests are, you get the ball, you turn up the, the floor, and all of a sudden there's just a defender standing there who, by the way, he did not set his feet, which you don't have to do. That's a fallacy, you could call it, when it comes to taking a charge, but likely just plows in him. What do you expect him to do? He's turning up the floor, and he just the defender ends up just being there. Purdue draws a charge; it's a turnover. The Boilermakers get the ball back; they score again. They're up 38 to 34. It's a 13 to three run, and then Ohio State gets slowed down after a turnover. Or sorry, they get slowed down. They call a timeout, and then they turn the ball over. That's unacceptable. I'm sorry, but you cannot have that. If you are a head coach of a, of a Division one basketball team, You call a timeout. When you get slowed down, you need a score. You've got to draw something up or space things out or have the personnel in there to where you can actually get a shot up and not turn the ball over. Roddy Gale finally misses a three with about a minute left. And we go into halftime. Ohio State is down 42 to 34. And at that point, the game's already teetering. Buckeyes are on the brink. Foul trouble is huge. What was one of the two keys to the game folks that i talked about in the purdue preview in michigan state review episode i said please do not get into foul trouble if you get into foul trouble you have got no shot in this one and at the half eugene brown had three fouls ice likely had two felix akpara had two and sean mcneil had two fouls by the way sean mcneil the only time i mentioned him to this point in the episode was the fact that he was a starter that's it he had no impact in the first half reduction in minutes due to getting in foul trouble and ohio state seems to be in big trouble heading into the second half now there's some reasons for hope but for the most part understanding that purdue is just quite simply the better team and has been the entire season one of the best teams not only in the big 10 well the best team in the big 10 considering the fact that they won the big 10 regular season title and the tournament championship one of the best teams in the nation you don't like where you're at But Ohio State comes out in the second half. Sean McNeil makes the Buckeyes' first shot, which ends up breaking about a five-minute stretch without a point for Ohio State dating back to the first half. And even with that shot made, even a few minutes into the second half, it was clear, at least to me, that we're starting to see fatigue and the signs of fatigue. And how do you see that? If you're like, you know, I'm a big basketball fan, I love watching Ohio State, but when when announcers or, or whatever say they're seeing fatigue, I don't know how to see that. Well, there's a couple different ways you can see it. First of all, you're seeing the Buckeyes falling behind defensively. They're slowing down in defensive transition. Purdue is getting a little bit more momentum as they push the ball down the floor. Buckeyes starting to leave looks and shots short as well, and then there was a shot where Purdue made a bucket, they got a bucket, made a bucket. That's not how you say it. Roddy Gale and Sean McNeil, both on that possession. They look slow covering. They got caught leaning. They couldn't recover. And the Boilermakers get a bucket. And that's about six minutes into the second half. You're really starting to see the beginning of the end of this Ohio State men's basketball team. And the ball just begins to bounce Purdue's way, multiple times. So 12 minutes left, Eugene Brown, Felix Akpara, Sean McNeil all have three fouls. No one down low can take care of Zach Eady, and they can't score on the other end. Ohio State down 55-40, to and the Buckeyes are on the brink. Bruce Thornton, he would make a three during that stretch in between the 10-12 minute mark. It would be his first bucket all game. We'll talk about Bruce Thornton actually specifically later on in this episode, but Thornton, really really slow to get started as well for the buckeyes and zach eddie sits down with 10 minutes left the buckeyes are down 57 to 43. this is their final opportunity to get in this game right here 10 minutes left you're down 57 to 43 can you get this lead to eight or seven or even nine just cut it to single digits and maybe you've got a shot to get back in this game to close it out justice suing makes a three he was huge for ohio state in this one just getting buckets when they needed them. He cuts Purdue's lead down to single digits with two free throws after that. And then you you knew. I I saw it on Twitter. Some people talking. Man, you know, with Zach Eadie out, Buckeyes can take advantage. Well, you knew if Ohio State started to take advantage, which they immediately did, you knew Zach Eadie would go right back into the game. He would return. The Buckeyes were unable to cut to the lead all that much. And Edie, upon returning, immediately scores. It's 61-54, to 54, Purdue leads with six minutes left. And at this point, you're waiting for just one bucket to even give you hope. You're like, I don't have hope yet, but if we can have one bucket, then we have the potential for hope. It's that kind of game. Akpara draws a foul on the defensive end. He gets a one-on-one on the other end. He hits one of the two. Buckeyes only down by six. Not a bad spot to be in. Ohio State gets a stop, and now you have hope. Unable to score, though, on the other end. Bruce Thornton, 3 of 11 from the field at that point. Not sure why he was force-fed the ball to close out this game. He was obviously lacking stamina. His quickness was was well below where you would like it to be. You'd need a shot to be made. I understand giving it to Bruce Thornton, but he was not the guy in this one to get it. Five minutes left. Down eight. Ohio state really in need of a bucket. And this is another criticism I would have of an incredible run by the Ohio state program led by Chris Holton. One major criticism I would have of this game. Maybe the biggest one would be there's five minutes left in the game. You're down by eight and you still have three timeouts. You've got the ball. You just got to stop. You have got to make a shot here. Three timeouts, walk the ball, Up past half court and call a timeout. Well, Chris Holtman would not do that. The Buckeyes would end up missing a three. Purdue responds with a layup to go up by 10. And then that next possession, Ohio State calls a timeout. I would have loved a timeout. Chris Holtman and Jake Diebler can draw up some really nice offensive sets for the Buckeyes. But down by eight with three timeouts, that's where I want the timeout called. They don't call it there. Purdue go down. They get a bucket. And Holtman's timeout, I think, is just too late. Buckeyes end up losing this game. It's the final game of the season as Ohio State was not selected for the NIT, the National Invitational Tournament. So Ohio State season is decidedly over. Some people have asked about if they'll make the CBI. You've got to pay to get into the CBI. I don't know if you have to pay to get into the NIT or NCAA. I've never looked that up. I would assume that you don't. You have to pay to get into the CBI, and it's typically mid-majors playing in that anyway i i tweeted out earlier last week i think maybe actually a week ago today on stats of teams getting invites to the cbi and declining invites and it happens a fair amount with power six teams so don't expect ohio state to play in there chris holtman also said well i'll get to that in a second but chris holtman said season's over anyway so takeaways from this game the only the only things i can think about number one when you're in foul trouble and ohio state tried this against Purdue. I understand, in the regular season, but when you're in foul trouble and no one can guard Zach Eady, why not put Owen Spencer in there in the second half to guard and just foul Zach Eady if that's what you want to do? Be- play really physical. You've got five fouls to give with Owen Spencer in 20 minutes of play. Why not let him get some run out there? I didn't really understand that. There really weren't any adjustments in how they guarded Zach Eady throughout the the game they did choke and dig a little bit midway through the second but at that point it was just too late the Buckeyes had dug too much of a hole for themselves so I would have liked to see something there in terms of how they change guarding Zach Eady. and again the lack of depth in the front court killed Ohio State in this one 11 offensive rebounds for Purdue and route to a plus 11 rebounding margin which is their season average if you've got Zed Key obviously on the bench, but if you've got a guy like Devin Royal, Austin Parks next year in this exact same game, Ohio State's got a much better chance to win simply because they've got someone down there who can try to box out Zach Eady, and he can't just grown man strength you because he's seven four, three hundred pounds. He can't just reach over you and grab a rebound. You can't expect Eugene Brown to out rebound zach Eady, you just can't so i think the biggest thing for ohio state in this one was the lack of depth in the front court and that's what killed him that's why you have to look to owen spencer to guard zach edie that's why you can't really adjust how you guard zach Eady because it doesn't matter who's on him zach edie is going to continue to do what he did so look ohio state season over it's disappointing for sure but I, for one, am thrilled with how the Buckeyes ended the season. I'm going to talk about this more in later episodes in terms of the future of Ohio State basketball, but I will tell you right now it's bright. It's very, very bright. You should be very, very excited for that. One other note from this Big Ten tournament. Bruce Thornton, named to the all-tournament team, five players selected. He was on a list with Seth Lundy, Okay, cool. Seth Lundy, nice. Welcome to the to the all tournament team. But other names he's on this list with: Jalen Pickett, Trace Jackson Davis, and Zach Eady. That is some prestigious company for Bruce Thornton. He averages 15 and a half points per game, 4.3 assists per game, and four appearances, leading the 13th seeded Ohio State Buckeyes to three wins a spot in the tournament semifinals against number one seeded Purdue and leading the Buckeyes to the farthest a, a team playing on Wednesday has ever gone. No team playing on a Wednesday in the big 10 tournament has ever made it to the semifinals. Ohio state did it. Chalk that up to in large part, what Bruce Thornton did, what this freshman cast did and what Chris Holtman did. He also would lead the Buckeyes in scoring twice in the four games in the tournament. Phenomenal job by Bruce Thornton congratulations to him on making the all-tournament team with some very very nice names as well now the future of Ohio State basketball short term well the Buckeyes have officially missed the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2017 if you were watching the selection show like I was yesterday or or a couple days ago if you're a little bit later to getting to this podcast there's always just some irrational hope right like You're an Ohio State Buckeye fan. You're so used to seeing the Buckeyes in the tournament. At least for me, rooting for my team, there's always some small sliver of completely irrational hope that, well, Ohio State did put it together here down the stretch, and, well, they did give Purdue a lot to handle for 35 minutes, I guess you could say. And, you know, well, they they did beat Iowa and, and Michigan State, and they played Michigan State well to close out the regular season. Maybe. Maybe they'll they'll get a 12 seed and they'll be playing in Dayton here. No, obviously not. We knew the NIT obviously was unlikely for Ohio State. They miss out on the NIT as well. Chris Holtman, he did comment about postseason play after the Purdue loss. He said, quote, I have thought about it. We have some injuries beyond kind of what's public that make it difficult right now. They're not significant, but... They need to be tended to, and they need some time off. So that might answer your question, end quote. That might answer your question on what Ohio State will do in the postseason. Now, not even being invited to the NIT, I believe it was actually somewhat unclear if they did get an invite. I don't believe that they did get an invite, because had they gotten an invite, they at least would have been shown on the selection show. Maybe Ohio State went ahead and said, no, we don't want to play regardless. But either way, Ohio State will not be continuing its season. Gene Smith obviously said during that run during the Big Ten Tournament that Ohio State should be considered for the NIT. But with Bryce Sensenball already hurt, declared out for the year, Felix Akpara was seen with some tape on his shoulder as well. Sean McNeil, Justice Sewing, Bruce Thornton all played a bunch of minutes in that tournament. So the short-term future of Ohio State is... Go take some ice baths, I guess, and watch some film, put some work in individually, and get back, get ready for the off season. Ohio State will not be playing another game this year. Now, speaking of the future, and I mentioned this at the top of the show, this is this is information for those who listen fully to the podcast. This is very, very special info and news that I'm sharing. So for those of you troopers who go through and listen to the entirety of the podcast episodes, well, you're in for a treat. I've got some news for you. So as I, as I shared in the trailer episode and as I've continued to share, just because Ohio State basketball is not playing does not mean we stop covering. Everyone, virtually everyone in Columbus right now, is turning all their attention to spring practices in Ohio State football. Far be it from us. That's not our podcast. That's not how we do things. This podcast, look, I love Ohio State football. I do. But this podcast is is one of the few that i found, if not the only one, and part of the reason why I created it, that covers Ohio State basketball exclusively year-round. You can go find... Podcasts that cover Ohio State football exclusively year-round. You can also find podcasts that cover Ohio State exclusively year-round. And they give attention to Ohio State basketball during the basketball season. And right once we turn the page to March, April, we're talking about Ohio State football. That's not us. We're covering Ohio State basketball all year. And during the offseason, here's what the show is going to look like. You should expect probably about two episodes per week. I don't know if I'll put together a a consistent schedule of posting on Mondays and Thursdays or something like that. I haven't really thought that far ahead, but we will not be gone, which is why you need to make sure you're subscribed if you're not already, because you don't want to miss out on the coverage that I give Ohio State basketball during the offseason so that you're ready to go when the winter hits and the fall hits and the Buckeyes are back on the hardwood next season, which isn't so far away, and I'm very excited for that. I'll talk about that in another episode. But not only will you see regularly scheduled Ohio State basketball exclusive content, but I will have some guests on the show. This upcoming week, it will be Connor Lemons from the Land Grant Holy Lands Bucketheads podcast and contributing to their content. Not only will it be him, but also Jack Emerson, who was formerly with the Buckeye Lantern, and now covers Ohio State for the Buckeye Sports Bulletin. Now, the week after, some big names as well. At least as of right now, we don't have dates nailed down officially, but we do have two people who we can expect on the podcast, and that will be Adam Jardy from the Columbus Dispatch and Joey Lane, former Ohio State Buckeye basketball player, and now obviously on the Drive the Lane podcast as well. So those are not the only names that i've talked with there's also been rumblings of potentially talking to some ohio state recruits who are committed to the buckeyes to come to columbus next year as well so just be on the lookout make sure you subscribe you don't want to miss out on that type of content so i wanted to let you know that for those troopers who listen to the entirety of the show The Ohio State men's basketball season is over, but this podcast coverage is not. If you can take heart in anything, may it be that, or may it be in the fact that today is National Earmuff Day. That's all I've got for today's show. Thank you for joining. Thank you for joining on this ride of the Buckeye basketball season. I will be back for sure to recap the season as a whole. We've got a long off-season and a lot to cover, so there will be no shortage of time for that. I appreciate you joining today. Tell your friends and family about the show if you're not opposed. And if you do, maybe you'll get a shout-out or you'll you'll get something special. I don't know. I guess we will have to see. Maybe others have in the past. You might want to be a part of that group. I'm just saying. I'm going to shut up before you shut me off. I appreciate you listening today. Go Bucks.